0: you're listening to the teaching matters podcast brought to you by the university of edinburgh and part of the teaching matters blog teaching matters brings together students and staff in conversation debate and celebration of learning and teaching in higher education feel free to share your comments with us either directly on the blog or email us at teachingmatters@ed.ac.uk. at ed.ac.uk you can listen and subscribe to the teaching matters podcast at spotify or Apple Podcasts, and music is provided by Hook Sounds. In this episode of the Teaching Matters podcast, Kathy Bovell and Celeste McLaughlin from the Institute for Academic Development describe their Universitas 21-funded project, Learning Together in a Global Pandemic, Practices and Principles for Teaching and Assessing Online in Uncertain Times.
1: I'm Kathy Bovell, I'm a senior lecturer in student engagement from the Institute for Academic Development. I'm Celeste McLaughlin, I'm also based at the Institute for Academic
2: Development where my title is Head of Academic Development for Digital Education, so a big focus on digital education in my role.
1: And we're talking today about a project that we've both been involved in, which was funded by Universitas 21, which is an organisation that brings together a range of different universities from around the world who are all kind of sort of research intensive institutions. And in this project, we collaborated with colleagues from the University of Queensland and also colleagues from Lund University in Sweden. And what we were doing was focusing on staff experiences of the emergency pivot to remote teaching that took place in March and April of 2020 and how teachers coped with that big change that they had to go through um, and what they learned from that process so so that was the the kind of focus of our project. Yeah so I think it was really important that that we
2: could take some time to 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 chat to colleagues about their experiences at that time because it was um a big adjustment for the majority of our, our teaching colleagues. They had to make this adjustment virtually overnight, you know, in a in a period where there was a a lot of anxiety and a lot of uncertainty. Um, so, so we didn't know how COVID was going to pan out over the next year. We didn't know what the the landscape was going to look like. So it was really important that we we um, captured what happened during that, that emergency remote teaching period. So I was delighted to um, have been asked to be involved in this project and to have those conversations with colleagues.
1: When you realise that staff are going through such a significant change in their um, teaching practices, the added benefit of being able to learn from colleagues in other countries around the world I think was something that we realised we didn't want to miss that opportunity. So,
2: so it was it was really great to be involved in this project and to get the opportunity to have regular conversations. We had we had um, virtual meetings with colleagues probably around once a month. We're continuing to do that so so we're, we're having this conversation in April 2021. And and, and throughout that period, we've had roughly monthly conversations with these colleagues, maybe maybe not exactly once a month. So we've um, spoken to colleagues who are based in Australia and colleagues who are based in Sweden. And these colleagues have been experiencing things differently from from the timeline that we experienced in in Scotland and in the UK. So um, it was really interesting to get their perspective of of where they were in Australia. There wasn't such a a strict lockdown, so their campus was open in Sweden. um, At the beginning, they were continuing um, without too much restrictions, but as our our, our project progressed, they... um, they started to, to um, have restrictions imposed. Um, and so it was really interesting to hear how, how those experiences impacted the, the teaching approaches that had to be ad- adopted during this time. So as well as focusing on that that period, that emergency ro- remote period that we talked about in March and April of 2020, we continue to focus on that, but we also managed to um, have conversations and insights with colleagues throughout this academic year and um, i think that's been really valuable
1: oh i would agree i think the the value of listening to other people's experiences of covid and how they've dealt with that within different institutions is fascinating and i think we saw a range of differences in just different ways that staff had coped or been creative with their teaching in those different settings and perhaps because some of the policies within the institutions were different as well as the governmental policies around COVID. So I think we've we've gained a huge amount from listening to different perspectives and recognising that different institutions have faced different challenges throughout this. You know it's it's been really valuable having the opportunity to have
2: conversations with with colleagues in Edinburgh as well and so so what we did initially was was gather some some data in um, June um, via questionnaire so we had a a reasonable uh, response rate from from colleagues across the university and then what we did was um, do some follow-up interviews with a, a smaller number of people and we did these in- interviews in September 2020, so just at the beginning of semester one. And actually, the interesting thing for me was 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 over that short period of time, I think colleagues' perceptions of digital teaching practices has actually evolved in that short period of time. So uh, in the emergency period, it was a shock for a lot of people. And 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 so um, we had some um, Some quite negative um, comments within the survey Um, and and quite, you know, quite um, concerning comments. People feeling that they they had had quite significant losses because they weren't able to um, complete the academic year with their students. They had to adapt and they didn't actually manage to to um, finish what they intended to do. And, And that was a big loss for people. But then we 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 started to see people um, changing and 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 seeing perhaps the potential. So, so um, there were colleagues who who thought that the the, the digital um, environment was was quite a a negative teaching space. Perhaps negative is not the right word, but um, you know there that it was less than what they were able to do in person on campus during that emergency um, stage in in March and April. But then over the summer, they had had a little bit of time to do some CPD. They'd had a little bit of time to step back. They had chatted to colleagues um, and, and they began to plan for the new semester. And actually those perceptions changed over that short period of time and they began to see um, the potential of what could happen within this digital space. So and um, began to see a, a bit more um, positive comments about the possibilities of what can take place in the digital environment and um, the opportunities to engage with with the students and um, I think that's that's quite an quite an important change in perceptions about digital teaching just during that short period of time.
1: Yeah, it was amazing. I, I would agree with you, Celeste. It was amazing to see some of those um, comments from colleagues about how difficult that transition had been in March and April and the kind of the the way people, the the phrases people used and the way they talked about that was a something quite stressful and in some ways almost a bit traumatic. And then, as you say, the moving to just sort of seeing perhaps how digital teaching could be something quite different and quite positive compared to what they thought at the beginning, really amazing to see that. One of the things I was really struck by was Um, It feels a little bit like a contradiction, but that people also talked about having a chance to step back from their normal teaching and therefore almost get off the, the hamster wheel, if you like, and pause and think, why do I do my teaching this way? And so we had quite a number of uh, respondents who were really thinking deeply about their teaching possibly because it was almost like a shock the that you know that um shift in march and april was such a change to practice with very little notice that it really stopped quite a number of people in their tracks in terms of this is always the way we've done teaching and now i can't do what i normally do so we did have a number of people who talked about kind of stepping back from their teaching and rethinking their teaching whilst the contradiction comes I think in the fact that people didn't feel like they had any time to think about it so it was an emergency and therefore we just had to do it Um, so I don't know whether we can how that's possible in a sense to step back whilst also feeling totally pressured to just do something immediately but a lot of colleagues have maybe reflected on what they did, and that's what we're seeing coming through, is this um, recognition that when you do step back from how you normally teach things, it can really give you huge insights and start questioning the ways you do things. And so one colleague spoke, I felt, really thoughtfully about um, having thought, thought much more deeply about contact hours. So what do we use contact hours for if to make them effective? You know, do we just get students to come along to lectures? That's sort of so commonly a big part of contact hours in pre-COVID times versus thinking, well, if we have time in person with um, students, what do we use that time for to make it effective? So I was really taken by that kind of stepping back and thinking really carefully about something as big as contact hours. And I think um, the colleague who mentioned contact hours also said, you know, we rarely talk about notional learning hours, which is, you know, those other hundreds of hours that go alongside the contact hours. And we rarely talk about what do students do within those hours and how do we make those really effective? And so these kinds of questions, for me, I see them as big questions about teaching are questions that i would like to see come forward to be discussed with a wider group of colleagues within the university because i think we could learn so much from some of those insights that people have gained from that stepping back um during this during this experience contact time is a
2: conversation i've often had with colleagues who pre-covid were online educators because often um, they were teaching in a more asynchronous manner. So, so that notion of contact time didn't fit well with the, the the university model of contact time for in-person teaching live teaching sessions. So, so so that's that's I think I think it's fantastic that that notion is is now more, um, visible and 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 is likely to be picked up on going forward so so i think it's it's fantastic that 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 this period of of difficulty is is raising some quite important issues and will will result in hopefully um discussions taking place and Hopefully, quite positive outcomes going forward. So there's lots of opportunities, lots of lots of difficulties during this period which we're still going through, but also lots of opportunities going forward. So 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 looking at the positives there, and and just interesting thinking about the changes that have been experienced with with people who are new to teaching. In the digital environment, we also had some participants in this research project who were quite experienced um, digital educators who had been teaching online for um, two um, and sometimes even longer, five years, sometimes longer than that. And the conversations that I had with these colleagues were quite interesting because they were learning quite a lot during this emergency period as well. So they were learning to adapt their teaching. They had done things in quite an asynchronous way previously, and they were now exploring um, synchronous live teaching as well. So we were seeing changes happening there. But I think everyone had to adapt to changes in their uh, assessment approaches as well, just because of the restrictions that were in place. So we had lots of conversations about adaptations for assessment. And I think we're similarly to the contact time conversations, we're going to see that that conversation continue um, going forward as well. So a really difficult period for everyone,
1: but some positives on the horizon, I think. Another uh, idea that really struck me was a number of colleagues who immediately during the emergency went to thinking of using live lecture recordings um, that had been made uh, previously or They went to then immediately go and try to record live lectures. Over time came to realise that perhaps smaller blocks of recorded content, along with opportunities for live question and answer and discussion with students, as well as some asynchronous activities, where they're well structured, seem to work better than that assumption that recording lectures is um the best way to shift everything online so i think we did have quite a bit of a shift in people's thinking about the the ways in which teaching online and teaching in digital spaces could kind of be different from perhaps how some people had imagined them to be prior to prior to this experience And I think that relates a little bit, that idea of um, the smaller blocks of teaching also relates, um, I think, to a strong theme that came through from quite a few of the people we spoke to about the importance of building relationships and community. And it doesn't really matter what setting you're in it's really really important that we try to ensure that we build good relationships and build community with students and therefore you know people came up with a range of different ways in which they were doing that alongside actual teaching and within teaching but also in social events they were perhaps running alongside uh, the teaching too but i think people really recognizing the range of ways that they could try and ensure that they're drawing students in, engaging them and building relationships and that, you know, this is where sort of a recorded lecture online doesn't really enable anyone to kind of create a community around that. And so seeing people come up with different ways in which they could do that was was really exciting. But I think that sort of maintaining that kind of human element in teaching, it's possible to do that in lots of different settings. So just You know people did talk about the loss of being able to see students faces and things online but actually um i think you've spoken about this celeste you know we shouldn't assume that what we're trying to do is recreate what we would have done in a classroom in an online space you know so i think that's really wise to think about that in terms of well how do you just ensure that there is that humanity and that building of relationships that takes place whatever space you're in and i think people have been really creative with that it was great to see that coming through uh, a range of the comments that we heard
2: what's what's been really valuable is is this this community the the, the importance of the importance of the, the, the people within that learning space whether it's digital whether it's analog or whether it's, it's some sort of a mixed um hybrid environment that is core That is core to to, to what we want as as educators. And so um, I I think it's always been recognised for for, for those who were teaching online that this this community building element, the relationships was was always important. It just happened in different ways. And I think what we've seen during this emergency period uh, is those who are less familiar with the digital environment were starting to explore different ways of doing that and I think that's what we've seen when we've seen people starting to rethink the purpose of what they were trying to do and they, they, they recorded our long lecture maybe isn't the best way to do that so people were starting to explore different ways of doing that which we've already talked about a
1: little so quite exciting I think the potential for for, for how this evolves in the future. Absolutely. And I think we've we really saw that. I think people will continue to shift their thinking and the way that we saw those changes from the emergency pivot right through to them. People um, starting to plan for semester one. But what we've seen in the last last year is people continuing to evolve those ways of thinking. So it's very interesting to see um, how these lessons from this particular project will be built upon going forward absolutely absolutely but also recognizing that people have done a
2: lot of work in a short period of time so 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 people people are quite exhausted and um we should recognize that but hope as things progress and we move beyond this this horrible situation that we're in people will have time to take a breath and reflect on what's happened and, and pick up the good parts that have happened and take those forward